In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is Saturday, July 30th. And on Friday, Atlanta United was beaten by Orlando 3-2 in Florida. The team's winless streak is now at 11 games. Uh, Goals by Joseph Martinez and Marcelino Moreno. And it's probably unfair to call them just goals because they were fantastic strikes. Uh, Were offset uh, by goals from Orlando by uh, Smith, Vanderwater, and Nani in the 43rd, 79th, and 87th minute. Each of the goals came on headers. On each of the goals, the uh, player who scored wasn't marked very well. And on two of the three goals, the player making the uh, assist or cross was uh, not closed down very well. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Atlanta United has just two wins this season if Miami wins its game. This weekend, Atlanta United will have the fewest wins of any team in Major League Soccer. They'll have two chances to get off that slide. Uh, It's going to play on Wednesday at Montreal in Canada, which is going to be a very tough game. And then on Saturday, it goes to Columbus, which uh, just beat Atlanta United uh, two games ago uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The good news for Atlanta United is it may have – Ezekiel Barco back. Uh, it may have George Bello, Miles Robinson, and Brad Guzan back. Uh, Alec Can has played very, very well in goal for Atlanta United to place a Guzan. Atlanta United's defense has played reasonably well, but it probably could have used Robinson and Bello last night. They're all with the U.S. in the Gold Cup. As for Barco, who knows? Um, I, I truly, truly, Marcelino Moreno has played fantastically well in the center of the pitch. Uh, for Atlanta United. Um, Barco has been tried on the wing many times, and we know it just doesn't quite work very well. Uh, So we'll see what uh, interim manager Rob Valentino, or we'll see if Atlanta United has a regular manager uh, by then. Even even if they do, the person's not going to run the team uh, in these next two games, I wouldn't think. Uh, There's also the transfer window, which closes on uh, the 5th, I think it is. And Atlanta United has been the target... Uh, or have been reportedly interested in two different players, and we'll get into that as I get into your questions. Again, Atlanta United, 3-2 losers at Orlando. Uh, Let's get into the questions. Um, Nick, a frequent asker, says, how many points will we get in our next three matches against Montreal, Columbus, and LAFC? If we can't hold leads and rely on Glazos, I'm very concerned. Yeah, um... The way that the team is playing right now, uh, I probably would say maybe one point. Um, because 
the team it really even going back to kind of the end of 2019 if it's not moments of individual brilliance the team just does not score it does not put too many passes together that create goals if you watch uh Orlando's goals last night or LA Galaxy's goals and its game Friday night those kind of just simple what look to be simple sequences at Lenny United just cannot put together um it's a really odd thing, but it's true. And when you're having to rely on Galazos, and I'm going to talk about that for a second, um, to win games or to score, then you're just not going to score. Um, now, Galazos, that is a word that is thrown around so, so often on social media for really, it seems like almost any goal. I thought Martinez's goal last night was a Galazo. I thought, uh, Moreno's goal last night was a Galazzo. To me, a Galazzo is when it's a it's got to be a very difficult shot for starters, and it's got to be the defender is doing everything right, and the goalkeeper are doing everything right, and it's still a goal. Um, so that's my definition of a Galazzo. So a lot of people, a lot of goals that are described as Galazzos, in my opinion, are fine, fine goals, but not Galazzos. Anyway, next question from Adam. Uh, it feels like interim manager Rob Valentino got a number of personnel decisions wrong tonight. Ambrose was eaten alive at left back. The midfielders were lost regarding who was marking who. And the first batch of subs after the half seemed to weaken both flanks. Is this a fair assumption? I do think that he got the tactics right on the right side of the formation, where he paired Ronald Hernandez at the right fullback and Brooks Lennon for the first time this season kind of as a right winger. It was Lennon's pass to Martinez that led to that first goal. But the left side of the formation, which included Mikey Ambrose making his first start and Eric Lopez, uh, who's still a very young player, very inexperienced player, just did, did get eaten alive. Uh, Orlando created eight chances in the first half. Most of them came down that left side. Its goal in the first half wasn't the cause of either Ambrose or Lopez. It was a corner kick that Brooks Lennon didn't adequately defend. Um, but to be fair to Valentino, I don't know who is left that he can choose. Uh, the team is running out of players. Brooks Lennon left with a um, – it looked like a groin injury from that game. Uh, he, he's Valentino is running out of players. Uh, he moved Lennon over to the right and brought in Machop Chol on the left uh, and put Hernandez over on the left side, and he didn't really cover himself in glory there. He – I can't quite figure out Hernandez on defense. Twice in the first half, he tried to just body a guy as he ran past him. Um, Atlanta United was doing some zonal marking, so I guess Hernandez was telling his teammate this guy's coming through, but then he wasn't picked up. On um, There was a play in the first half in which uh, Benji McKell went past Hernandez and right in between Anton Walks and um, – Alan Franco, and luckily Alec Cam made a double save to prevent a goal, but it was just a what happened on that kind of moment play. Um, Adam's second question, Atlantis, Atlanta seemed more prone to the heat and fatigue compared to Orlando. I know Atlanta has been hot of late, so it wasn't a new experience. So is Atlanta just in need of new conditioning or was this something else? I think it's just tired bodies. These guys have played a lot of games. Um in a short time, it was hot and humid, I imagine, in Orlando. I wasn't there. 
but it does play a factor, even if you're used to it. It's just it's your human body. It can only take so much. Uh, given Brad Guzan is signed through 2025, I don't think that's right. Uh, it may be right. I need to go back and look at the years of when he signed his contract extension. Is there a chance that Ken, who played exceptionally well tonight, angles for a move or that he gets promoted while Guzan is still with Atlanta? Uh, so I think you're asking if Alec Ken is going to push to get traded or if he's going to get the starting job over Guzan. I don't think that would be the case, uh, but you know, a, a new manager is going to be coming in, and it could be totally his decision. Um, Alec has played exceptionally well for Atlanta United. I've said many times, and I'll say again, I think he could be a starter on several other MLS teams. He's been very, very patient here at Atlanta United while he's kind of bided his time. He was one of the first players acquired in the expansion season of 2017. Then they got Guzan, and, and uh, Can lost the starting job. Um, and as a result, he started one game in 2018, didn't start one in 2019, didn't start one in 2020, and now he started several and done very, very well, though his personal win-loss record doesn't indicate it, but it is accurate uh, to say he made six saves last night all in the first half, which – Tied a franchise record. Um, but we'll see what the next manager thinks and how the team plays. Uh, Justin asks, are there any rumors other than Almeida for Atlanta United? Like most, I am skeptical that he is what we need right now. It seems like what we're missing is a veteran experience on the field in the Orlando match. Yeah, there was a rumor, a reported interest on uh, Friday of a, a winger from Italy but it doesn't really fit Atlanta United's business model. It's a 29-year-old guy, and Atlanta United is offering a reported $10 million. I don't think that report is accurate. I'm a little skeptical of the Almeida signing also. Um, this is a guy who, to me, looks a, looks and plays a little bit more like Barco. He scored more, much more, many more goals, 20 goals in 80 games uh, at Valise Sarsfield in Argentina. But he seems more like a playmaker than anything else. And Atlanta United already has Barco. It already has Marino. It just it doesn't need another playmaker. Uh, it's going to be the same headache they had with Pitti and Barco when three different managers couldn't quite figure out how to get these guys on the field at the same time and how to make it work. Um, but we'll see. The transfer window closes very soon. Josh asks, losing late to Orlando is painful, but I am a hopeless romantic to think if we had Bellow and Robinson in defense tonight, things might have been different, and that there's a reason to hope with those guys back soon, we might start being competitive again. Yeah, no, I think Robinson probably could have helped on two of the Orlando goals. Um, Bellow would have probably closed down uh, the crossers slightly better than Atlanta United's defenders were doing on Saturday. But then you also have to remember that Orlando didn't have Daryl DK, and he could have made a difference for them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tough to say about the missing players. And he asked, do we care if Barco comes back? He's a super sub at best. His results and performances would indicate uh, it wouldn't be surprising that he would be a sub. Um, but, again, it comes down to a new manager, and new managers come in with confidence and usually come in cocky and usually think that they can solve all the problems simply by their presence on the field. And I would point out that uh, Barco has yet to play for Valentino, but 
four different managers haven't quite been able to figure out how to use him to get the best out of him. So the math would be in your favor. Fong asks, do you think Alec Can will get the majority of playing time over Guzan now? I don't, but it depends upon the new manager, and that's not a knock on Can. It's simply Brad is an international goalkeeper, uh, you know, more than 60 caps for the United States. Uh, also, will Bello be able to lock down the left-hand side better than Ambrose and Hernandez? You would hope. Bello did start what, almost every game or every game before he went to the U.S. Uh, to compete in the Gold Cup, so I assume he's going to be locked back into his starting job whenever he comes back. Uh, the U.S. plays in the championship game on Sunday, so I don't think Bello will be back on Wednesday, but I do think he'll be back on Saturday um, for that game at Columbus. Um, and then we'll take a quick coffee sip here. If not, will Atlanta and have to go to five at the back again? Um, five at the back does work well for Atlanta United. Bello is a very attacking player, so letting him start from a spot higher up the field works. I don't know who would start on the right. I guess maybe Hernandez. Um, if uh, if Lennon can't go and they were to play five at the back. Luis asks, any positive today? Uh, yeah, the two goals by Martinez and Moreno were great. The only other issue is not a whole lot was created beyond that. Um, Eric Lopez had, had a miss, a bad miss in the first half. Atlanta United created just five chances in the game, kind of back to their old ways. Uh, and that's just not enough to, to, to win. I mean, Orlando created six in the first half. No, eight in the first half. Atlanta five in the game. It's just not gonna. It's not gonna work. Uh, what would you reinforce to build for future matches? The team needs some dynamism on the wings. For the longest time, I said it needed an attacking midfielder, but I like what Marino has done uh, as an attacking midfielder. It'd be nice to give him more chances uh, with Joseph on the field. So right now, I think two wingers are what the team needs. And they've got to be big, pacey guys that can play defense, um, in my opinion, because that's what you need in Major League Soccer. Andre asks, I think a lot of talk about the roster is overblown. I think this team is more talented than collectively than individually than they've shown, but for some reason the pieces rarely come together. I think some of that is tactics. Obviously, the coaches know more than me, but it's strange how this team seems to refuse to play directly. I do agree with you on that. I think there is a good bit of talent on this team. It's just it doesn't seem to fit together or the tactics just don't work. Uh, and Valentino, to his credit, tried to get the guys to attack more. And after they scored that first goal against Orlando, I don't know if they just kind of stopped, uh, if they were as shell-shocked as the rest of us or what. Um but, yeah, they don't play quickly going forward, not as quickly as Valentino would like, at least not last night. They did, they did on the first goal, and that was it. It's too often putting your foot on the ball. It's too often standing and looking around. I don't understand it. Um, I haven't understood it for a long time, and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with the next manager. Uh, second question from Andre. In the Atlanta United fan base, there's been a lot of calls for Colas Bocanegra's head but rarely any blowback for Darren. I think that's a bit unfair because it's, because it's not like Bocanegra is making unilateral decisions within the club. 
I think part of the reason is because Darren is more front-facing and engaging with the fans, whereas Boca doesn't speak much. Can you please explain where their jobs are different and where they intersect? So, yes, I can do that. And that's a good question. Thank you, Andre. So if you were to look at an organizational tree of uh, Atlanta United, Darren Eels, uh, after uh, Arthur Blank and the CEO of Arthur and Blank Sports Entertainment, Darren Eels is the top of the Atlanta United food chain. He's the president. He oversees both the business side and the technical or playing side. So the VPs under him, there's two VPs. There's the VP of Business Operations, who starts on August 4th, I think it is. And there's the VP of the soccer side, and that's Carlos Bocanegro. So Carlos is a direct report to Darren. We don't know. I mean, no one's ever spelled it out for a fact. But Darren will get final say over managerial hires. I think he has to approve the contracts for the players because he knows what's going on with the business side and, and the money and all that. Um, and Carlos makes the recommendations. So that's how that works. As for your, your theory, I think you're partially right. Darren just comes across as a more uh, affable guy. That's not to say that Carlos isn't a nice guy or a fun guy, but his personality when he talks to the media and when he talks to the team's radio partners, which they have a contractual obligation to do so with 92.9, he's more serious, you know, and that's just how he is. I guess, you know, being a professional player in very tough leagues and, and playing for the U.S. more than 100 times in very tough situations, you know, I would probably be a pretty serious guy too. And he wants to win. And so he takes his job seriously. But I think that's why Carlos sometimes comes across that way and why he may not be as beloved as Darren uh, within the fan base. Darren is a, is a funnier guy. Uh, you know, he, Darren is, is a very positive guy. Always trying to turn the bad things into the good things. Uh, and that's just kind of part of his love of the brand and the building the brand and protecting the brand uh, that is Atlanta United. So those are all the questions for the podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, Atlanta United 3-2 Losers uh, to Orlando. Uh, the team is likely going to be at least eight points, possibly nine, and could be as many as 11 points out of the seventh playoff spot. Very, very tough to overcome, um, but we'll see what happens with Montreal and the uh, New York Red Bulls and a couple of the other teams this weekend. Find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. This is another Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.